Once the campaign is confirmed, the players are on board and the basic details are set, the most important thing is to hold yourself back, to not design and plot and bring things into clear focus. You can't do nothing, but there is this Goldilocks zone, the zone of the half-baked campaign, if you will. That's where I am right now, and it's not easy. I've got two weeks before session zero, a month before the first real meaty game session, before I will know the critical decisions that will define the campaign. Because those decisions, the ones that will define the campaign, those are not really my decisions. This is the first in a series of audio journals chronicling my D&D campaign from inception through creation and hopefully following it through to some moderate conclusion. As of this recording, it is only about a week since I knew I was definitely running a game, but it's been nine months in the making. This is Anatomy of a Campaign. So what's on deck? Session zero needs to accomplish a bunch of things. And this is not the first time I've run a session zero, but certainly the first time I've been disappointed in how I'm running a session zero. I really want it to go well. I have a bunch of uh, players who I've, I feel I've cherry picked them for this campaign. This is not a random haphazard group of people but some of them have never played together before, and some of them have never played with me as a DM. It's a little strange that for the bulk of my gaming career, as it were, I was always the game master for decades. But in the past few years, it's sort of the opposite. I've been more of a player than I have a dungeon master, which is a very strange experience for me because I consider myself a dungeon master first and a player second. The goals of this session, as I would define them, are first, let people get to know each other, because as I said, they don't all have experience gaming together. Second, to actually make the characters. And lastly, and maybe most importantly, for me to gather intelligence that's going to help inform the campaign for the weeks, months, and maybe a year or so to come, depending on, on how well this goes. But those three things really identify what it is we're looking to accomplish, I'm looking to accomplish in this, in this session zero. And just to sort of un, unpack that a little bit, I've had recent experiences where games had imploded, and I, I sort of attribute that primarily to the way games can come together in the 21st century. I play on Roll20, I play online using uh, audio services like Discord or Skype, and that's that's how I have to play. There's, there's just, I just don't have the kind of uh, life schedule that permits me to play live and in person with people. Plus, the people that I've connected with as players are spread throughout the country. And therefore, this becomes a necessity if I want to play on anything resembling a, a regular basis. You need to let the players build a relationship as people in addition to the game. I, I think that, especially online, there tends to be this, uh, this approach where the game 
and time availability become the primary factors in why a group is coming together. But in truth, the thing that makes a group really gel together is that the people like each other and want to play together, and that is predicated on a relationship. That's really hard to do in any circumstance. It's like Mount Everest when you're trying to do it online and you never actually can see each other eyeball to eyeball. One major thing I'm looking to do is first to make sure I'm giving an opportunity for the players who don't already know each other, who haven't game together, to actually get to know each other so that they'll be comfortable uh, playing a role-playing game together. Making characters is, is pretty simple, but again, the goal is to make a character where everyone is happy with the character that they have, is excited to play that character. And then lastly, and as I said, somewhat most importantly, is to use this opportunity to get everyone talking so that I can gather information on the type of game that they want to be in, what their expectations are, what would be the things that would really excite them, and use that as I'm developing the overall campaign moving forward. So what's the plan of attack? I, I built out an agenda for session zero. I'm a little self-conscious about this because it feels very anal retentive. I tend to be very organized about things I'm very passionate about, not so organized in general. <laughs> but when something is exciting to me, it's something that I really want to do, then I tend to be a little type A, maybe more than a little type A maybe crazy about it, but so I'm a little self-conscious that I have built out this, this agenda. I do think it's important, you know, in my real life, I, I often am in charge of running meetings and I know in my real life, as opposed, this is my fake life. In the real world where they pay me money to do things, I'm often in charge of running meetings and a very uh, focused and on point agenda is a, a key to success. And so I built out this six-point agenda for, for session zero, just, you know, to keep things really loose and, and easygoing. That was a joke. Uh, the first thing is I, I found this questionnaire uh, about being on the same page in a game, and there, I, I took just a portion of it, and I'm going to throw it up on the game table right in the beginning and use it kind of like as, a, as an icebreaker. Again, I've got this first thing I want to do where I want... The, the folks playing the game who maybe don't know each other so well to have an opportunity to interact rather than do that as a, hey, introduce yourself and everyone starts to talk about, I've been gaming for 30 years or you know I'm maybe they say things like, this is where I'm from, this is how many kids I have. or I thought, let them do that, that's fine, of course, but also have this questionnaire which, which asks questions like the role of the, of the DM is and then it has multiple uh, choice options, not because those answers are, are very specifically something that I need to get at, but more because having that to dialogue around, uh, hopefully will will get people engaging in a more meaningful way and they can just get to know each other and maybe even hear a little bit about the type of game that they like to play in. That's useful for me. I also think it'll be useful for the players to know about each other. That's the first one. I'm figuring that's going to be like 15 minutes. The, the The second point on the agenda is to recap the the setting material and try to do this really, really fast. I'm not going to talk about 
it here so much, but I am working my own setting, which I have developed over the course of the past nine months. I was doing that as a creative exercise in the hopes of running a game in that world. And I have been running a game in that world with my two sons and my friend Mike, who's in this game, and his son, and um, my cousin Joe, who's also in this game. So Mike and Joe, who are sort of my oldest and dearest friends, they're going to be in this, this game, but they've been playing in the campaign setting already. So they're a little bit familiar with it, but the other three players are not. And so I had put out, as part of prep for this, ahead of time, I had put out a setting guide. It's a couple of slides. It's not that onerous. I'm very wary of just handing people a whole bunch of setting information. So here I'm just going to recap the key points for the setting and make sure everyone is, is generally aware. Point three... I have this key exercise, and this is still, we haven't even started rolling out characters yet. I've set up something called How We Came Together. It's a series of, I think I put together like six question options or, or six scenario options with questions underneath it. This is something that I've taken from uh, games like uh, Dungeon World and other Apocalypse Engine system games where you you have this, what they, I think they call it in Dungeon World, a dungeon starter. And that's what this essentially is. It's to say, rather than, hey, you're in a tavern and you see some cool people there, maybe you want to go into life-threatening situations with them. It starts by presupposing that you're already together. Here are a couple of scenarios in which you could have been together. I want us to talk about them and pick one. And then together, we're going to flesh that out in the details of it. For example... I believe the first uh, option in the six is something like you were, you were working a job together and the job went south. And what we if they picked that one, what we would do is we would start to later in session zero, not at this point in session zero, but once we pick that, we know, hey, the, these characters are already working together. They've worked, they're working on a job. We'll need to figure out what that job is, who hired them, how much they're getting. So there's all these questions that we'll answer through session zero. And this isn't me being prescriptive and saying exactly what it is. It's about the players being collaborative and saying what they actually believe should be the, the case. If someone says, hey, I think we were working for the Thieves Guild, that tells us something about these characters. And if everyone agrees to that, then from there, will riff and figure out, well, why are you working for the Thieves Guild? Is it because you're a thief? And some of the, the answers to these questions as character creation progresses will be very specific to individual characters. Maybe one of them is working on this job because they do actually work for the Thieves Guild. Maybe another of them decided they wanted to play a paladin. Well, they're not working for the Thieves Guild for anything other than maybe they were blackmailed into it. Maybe they didn't know they were working for the Thieves Guild. Um, or maybe it was sort of uh, a strange bedfellows kind of scenario. But the point being, by I, th I believe, by having this type of a setup, it puts a context around who these characters are that you wouldn't normally get when people just create their characters in a silo without consulting with anybody else. The fourth point in the agenda is now we're going to roll up stats, and I'm I'm using something that was uh, I I had first heard about from Matt Colville, where you you roll them in order. Um, we're going to 46, drop the lowest in order, and then from that 
will determine, well, what is the character? Discover the character in the role so you don't know what you're going to get. I have guardrails around this to make sure that no one gets stuck with a bad character or a character they absolutely don't want to play. So I'm not too worried about that, but I, I do want to have this discovery process and let people kind of come to know who they're going to play. And I'm, I'm hoping that process will be a lot of fun. And I'm going to try to do it in a way where we roll up you know, the stats first, one at a time, you get to kind of see it, how everyone's sort of playing out. And then we go back and we start to pick class race and all that fun stuff. Again, now already knowing how did this group come together. So if you know it's about, they were working some job together, as you're building your character, you can say, oh, well, this looks like it could be a rogue. Therefore, maybe he's a thief. Maybe he works for the Thieves Guild. And, and with that narrative in mind, I hope that the character design and concepts really start to gel. Fifth point of the agenda is to talk through the character concepts, which I already touched on. And the last point of the agenda is this idea of aspects. And that is something that comes out of fate system games. But I think I'm going to port it in here as a means for developing characters in a more pointed way. I think it's all well and good to say, I'm going to play a wizard. Okay, great. You're going to play a wizard, but there's a lot of different types of wizards. What type of wizard are you? Who is this character? I'm very much about characters and role-playing and the story, the story above everything. And I think aspects from fate are a way to really do that. If you're not familiar, aspects are very descriptive sentences which tell us who the character is. And it can include information about their class and race if that's a defining point for them. Really, the role of aspects is to define the character in a more profound way and give us guidelines on how they can be role played. For example, if you are playing a wizard, you might have an aspect, which would be your high aspect, something like apprentice to the archmage Fistendantilus, right? And that kind of tells you, well, you're an apprentice. And and now you have a, a sense of how you want to actually play that character versus if you if you were to say something like renegade spellslinger, right? A renegade spellslinger is somebody that maybe is being pursued by some others. They're out on their own. They're not really connected to any kind of a system. Or maybe it's something like acolyte of the of the high tower. Um, and by doing that, you've now introduced something called the high tower. We'll have to talk about what that is. Again, it's all about just finding ways to, to anchor the characters more into the system and the setting. Key thing with the aspects is there are going to be, everyone's going to design one or two of them that are descriptive statements that connect them to another character in the party. And this is sort of a hybrid approach between the bonds that you can find in games like uh, Dungeon World and the aspects that you find in Fate to say, um, you know, maybe uh, if there's another character named Belfry in the group and you decide, well, Belfry got me into a nefarious situation and I'm regretting it. That statement tells you again something about who these characters are, but now in relation to each other. What's the point of these aspects? Mechanically, I'm going to actually use them or I'm going to try using them to determine how experience points are given. Overall, I think I'm using the milestone method of experience delivery, but as an alpha test, what I'll actually be doing is at the end of each session, I'm going to be asking, 
did you embody any of your aspects? And if so, which ones? And for each one that you've successfully embodied, you're going to get an experience point. And I have a prototype list of how many points you need to gain levels. But what this will hopefully do is it will drive folks to really look to play these characters because the more you do, the more you lean into these aspects that you've designed for your character, the more experience you're going to be getting uh, over time. What do I think is going to crush it? What do I think is maybe uncertain and may fall, has the potential to fall flat? I kind of think that what's going to work really well in this session is the how we came together choices. I really do think that framework, before you even start to roll your stats, will create these, the foundation for building characters that all work together. And it starts more from the aspect uh, or the perspective of building a party as opposed to building a character. Party first, character second, in a way. I think over time, the character really starts to get owned and fleshed out within the aspects. But by beginning in this uh, optic of what's the uh, scenario that the characters are currently involved in together, I think that's actually going to set the stage for some some great uh, creativity and character creation. In terms of what I'm I'm a little bit wary of, uh, but still want to try, it's the aspects. And, and that's predominantly because my experience in building aspects in the fate system is that it's not easy, that it's one of the things that's a, a little bit on the abstract side, and there's almost a... Um, a sweet spot in terms of the specificity of the aspect as well as how general it is as you know as well as how it actually feels like it describes the character and if people aren't used to doing that they can bounce off it and sort of uh, reject it in a way because it's it's almost too hard but again we'll see how that that all works out and that's going to be session zero so to recap, the things that I'm really focused on for this session are going to be, number one, am I letting people really get to know each other who haven't played together before? And are they at least beginning to create some uh, connections so that they're going to enjoy gaming together? Number two, did we make characters that were successful? Is everyone now really super jazzed and excited about playing and portraying these characters moving forward? And lastly, have I gathered enough information so that I can build a very crafted and focused and character-centric campaign for these people to play in moving forward? I've got this really detailed agenda. Curious to see how that all lays out and how people uh, play within the agenda. I believe that the how we came together exercise is going to be something that really helps define and make this campaign get off on the right foot right away. I am a little wary of how the aspects are going to play out and if people are really going to take to that. That's the first session for Anatomy of a Campaign. Next session is going to be how did session zero actually go over? This has been Anatomy of a Campaign. If you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing, throwing us a review, or sharing with your other gamer friends. Thanks for listening.